welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. How do we know that the Bible is true? Crossview Church and Crossview Radio, uh, we rely heavily on the authority and the truth of Scripture. In fact, we've already discussed uh, recently the, uh, the, the fact that the Bible says so is enough. And we've argued from the Bible that we can take inspired Scripture into the public square and argue from it. We don't have to modify our approach for unbelievers. And we affirm that the Bible is sufficient, and we take that sufficiency into the public sphere. But how do we know that the Bible is true in the first place? And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, There's really actually one component of this that I want to talk about today, and we'll look at a little bit more next week. Uh, I want to establish one thing that I think is is really uh, crucially important to to understand, and that is is this actually um, when I say this, it's probably not going to sound like it applies to um, the uh, the truth of Scripture or why we know the Bible is true. And yet, I think hopefully, as you hear this kind of played out today, and then especially next week, I think it'll make sense. Um, as we put it all together. But here, here's what it is, okay? I want to establish one thing today, and that is this. There is no such thing as neutral territory. Our culture wants us to imagine that there is neutral territory because what they want us to do is they want us to check our so-called religious beliefs at the door and enter into the public sphere operating under a set of so-called neutral beliefs. If we comply with that, which many Christians, by the way, do comply with that, say, okay, you're right, you know, we've got to be in this culture, and so let's set aside our religious beliefs, come into the public square, the public square, and, um, you know, have our conversation. If we comply with the unbeliever by setting aside our religious beliefs, the job of the unbeliever is complete at that point. They've already won the argument, they've won the debate, they've won the conversation, uh, because what we do when we embrace a so-called neutral ethic What we have done is we've thrown out the Bible and said to God, you are not relevant here. I don't think that's the intention of the believer, by the way, but intentional or not, that's the result. The unbeliever wants you to embrace their presuppositions and to reject your own in order to prove that your presuppositions are correct. And the sleight of hand here is that what they have done is they have disguised their presuppositions and their values as being neutral when, in fact, they are biased. Here's the way that unbelievers present it to believers, typically. They say, prove to me the Bible is true, but you can't use the Bible in your argument. Now, this, by the way, is is happening, okay, and not just with unbelievers. We saw a few weeks ago with Andy Stanley how he, as a professing believer— uh, is saying that we as believers need to do this. We need to just throw the Bible away. Um, now, I will say this statement, let me read this statement one more time here. Prove to me that the Bible is true, but you can't use the Bible in your argument. Um, at first glance, that may sound reasonable to some of us. You know, After all, when we're defining a word, we can't use the word in the definition of the word. We need to go outside of the word to find its meaning. We need to appeal to something authoritative in order to derive the meaning of the word. And so the same would appear to be true in this situation. If I'm going to approve 
the truth of the Bible. I've got to go outside of the Bible to prove it. But the interesting thing to note is that this is not the way that God validates his word. When God makes a promise, he doesn't go outside of himself into so-called neutral territory in order to validate his promise. And the very clear example of this is Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 uh, through 14. When God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. God and his word are self-authenticating. Is there anything else greater than God that can validate God? Now, contrast this Hebrews 6 passage with the way that most Christians try and validate the Word of God. Most people will try to prove the reliability of the Bible through some sort of empirical or historical you know, verification. They will attempt to make the case that the Bible is true because, you know, these historical documents confirm that this event really happened. And so, therefore, we know that the Bible's account is truthful. And, and, and I will say that there's a time and place for that. And sometimes it can be helpful. But I don't think, I think it's misleading because it's not complete. It's not enough. And, and I don't even think that's supposed to be the primary way in which we engage unbelievers with the reliability of Scripture. Um, here's what that method comes down to. When I say... The Bible is true because this historical document verifies it. What I'm essentially saying is the Bible is true because I've observed it to be true. But that is not a tight argument at all. The Christian must go further. Do you, do you know the failure in that argument? To argue that something is true because you observed it to be true contains one major flaw, and that is this. How do you know that your senses are trustworthy. Now, when we talk about our senses, we're talking about what's called empirical observation or empiricism. Uh, one dictionary defines empiricism this way, quote, the theory that all knowledge is derived from sense experience, end quote. Now, there is a problem with empiricism as a, as a philosophy. At some point along in your thinking, you've got to justify that statement itself. You've got to prove that all knowledge is derived from sense experience is correct. But the problem comes when you try to prove that statement because if you say that you observe that statement to be true, okay, what's the statement? All knowledge is derived from sense experience. If you say that you observe that that's true, then what you've done is engage in circular reasoning. I know it's true because I observed that it's true. Um, and it's just this big, vicious circle. But if you say, no, I can prove that statement is true without using empirical observation, then you deny the statement itself that empiricism is the only source of knowledge. Something else can be uh, providing knowledge for me other than empiricism. And so what I'm meaning to simply say is that there is no neutral territory. By the way, I'm not trying to undermine our senses and I, I'll get into this a little bit later um, uh, here and probably a little bit more next week as well. Um, I'm not trying to undermine our senses and say uh, we, we shouldn't trust them. I think that they are basically reliable. But I think that um, we've got to be uh, people who recognize that the only worldview in which they can be reliable is a biblical one. And so if we are trying to trust our senses apart from Scripture— then we have no basis to know that they are uh, reliable. Um, every, every time that we say 
the Bible is reliable because of dot, dot, dot. We are making the claim that the Bible is true because of something else which speaks with greater authority. But if that is true, then the Bible can't be the ultimate authority because something else has greater authority. So if we say, for example, that history proves the Bible is true, we are really in uh, some uncertain waters because, first, we can't verify history because we weren't not, we weren't there. But even if we could verify it, at best, we are using our own interpretation of history. I mean, look at how much uh, we argue today over what's true and what's not true, and we're living in this time. Um, the interpretation of history is um, up and down, left and right, all over the map. And so even if I do use historical claims to prove the Bible is true, I'm still relying on my interpretation at the end of the day. So what's the authoritative thing in that scenario? What, it, what is the, the hinge point on which all of this turns? What is authoritative uh, if I say, you know, uh, history proves the Bible is true? My interpretation is what's authoritative. It's myself. If I look at history and say history says this and it means this and therefore the Bible is true, what I'm saying is I in myself am authoritative to make those calls and those judgments and those decisions. Now, here's the interesting thing about trying to use outside sources to validate scripture. I end up doing the exact thing that scripture forbids. And that's given to us in Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Or Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now here's the question. Does mankind stand in judgment over and above God's word? Or... Does God's word stand in judgment over and above man? The answer to that question is an important one, and your response to it will determine which route you take in trying to determine the truth of God's word. You remember Hebrews 6? Let's look at that again. Hebrews 6, 13 through 14, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless you and multiply you. And so if we are going to prove that God's word is true, we are going to need to make our final appeal to the same thing which God makes his final appeal, and that is himself. When I lean on my own understanding, I am automatically inserting a bias into the entire conversation. The question is not, by the way, how can I be as unbiased as possible? Rather, the question is, which bias is the correct one? Am I on God's side or my side? For example, is it correct to assume the bias of the reliability of my senses? How do I know that they are reliable and give me accurate information? Or are they just some kind of evolutionary survival mechanism? How do I know that there is the existence of other minds? How do I know that I'm just not some uh, brain in a vat somewhere and some scientist is, is putting these kinds of uh, inputs into my mind? How do I know these things? How do I know that what I see is really there? Here's the odd thing about denying God's word while at the same time relying on my senses or relying on the uniformity of nature or relying on universal laws of logic or relying on absolute moral ethic. God's word is the only thing that provides me with a reason to believe that any of those things would be reliable. 
And so the unbeliever is stuck in, 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 in the embarrassing position of believing in the reliability of all sorts of things while at the same time being able to un, or being unable to prove that they are reliable. And the believer should at least know better. We should understand that recognizing the truthfulness of the Bible doesn't come by throwing out our biblical presuppositions, but it comes through embracing them. If I want to trust my senses, which I believe they are basically reliable, if I want to trust my senses, I've got to find a worldview that can tell me that my senses are reliable, and only the Bible can do that. Now, this conversation here today, or at least specifically today's conversation, you know, is really a little bit more of kind of the groundwork, and Lord willing, I plan on expanding on this a little bit. Um, but I do want to kind of summarize a little bit some of these thoughts that I've been sharing here today, um, and hopefully this will maybe just sharpen this a little bit and make this a little bit clearer so, um, so you understand the direction that I'm going in. Um, here's what I'm trying to say. Neutrality is a myth. When the Christian assumes that the Bible is biased and they can throw it aside and enter into an unbiased territory— they really have exchanged one bias for another. But the problem is that this alternative bias is hostile to Christianity, and nothing can be certain within that alternative bias. Apart from the, the Bible, we cannot make sense of the reliability of anything at all because there's no certainty apart from the Bible. There's no uniformity or universal laws apart from the Bible. And so, if we're going to argue for the truthfulness of the Bible, we're going to have to appeal to the same thing God appeals to from Hebrews 6 himself. And we'll look at that in more detail next week. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.